Welcome to This Ridiculous Life. My name is Corey Miller, and I'm joined with my wife and producer, Lindsay Miller. And uh, welcome back to the podcast. We're, what are we going to talk about, Lindsay? Thanks for having me back for another week. <laughs> um, I think this week we're going to talk about um, two parents working and career transitions. Yeah, so particularly yours. We've talked about mine, but we need to talk about yours. Um, you just told me a second ago, you're celebrating an anniversary. I am. So yesterday, so February 6th was two years officially at Liquid Web, not counting the week that I worked for free. (laughs) I didn't know you were going to say that. Um, well, cool. Two years ago, um, If you just think back two years, two plus years ago, let's say two and a half years ago, where were you as far as your career goes? So finding myself a little bit, I think, um, I felt like my only skills were politics and fundraising, but I really wanted to go back to work. I love our children. Let me just say that for the record. It's always good when you put that disclaimer out front right. when I hear you talk about our kids. <laughs> but I wanted to get out of the house. So I should say that more clearly. But I really wanted to get out of the house. Um, uh, Which was our plan all along. I always wanted to go back to work. I've always found a lot of um, self-pride Pur- and purpose mm-hmm. in work. And so I always wanted to go back. But Callaway had his hip stuff. And then we kind of got out of that. We knew we wanted another one. So then we got pregnant with Lillian. And it just didn't make sense for us at that time for me to go back to work. But the desire was always there. So two and a half years ago, I was trying to find my way. I did the course on politicalheadstart.com. So that, you know, for candidates that could not afford a consultant, could go and take the class and hopefully raise five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on their own and then hire a consultant and do more and do better. And I put a lot of time into that. That was really a season of time when it was the kids were in a place where you obviously had um it, it was a letting go time. It was a time to okay, now career is starting, but yeah. You tried to you tried a couple of things back then, and and that was one of them. You didn't want to go back into f- politics full time. I didn't. I applied mm-hmm. at all kinds of nonprofits, and the course was a way to try to, you know, take your expertise from political fundraising and sell yeah. it. Yeah, I, I'd been sitting in the back seat watching you and a, all, a lot of our friends. Right, um, a lot of people had done really neat stuff in WordPress, you know, Sean Hesketh and, um, all these people were like taking their knowledge and bundling it up for the masses. And I went, Oh, 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 I can do that. I think probably with a little bit of insight from you, um, having non-recorded conversations about it. Right. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, anyway, it was, it was, it was a validating time right? To go, wow, okay, I do actually have something to say that other people will find valuable and could help them during their campaigns. But I did know I didn't want to work with candidates anymore. I think this is important to talk about this on the podcast because I think we've got a lot of friends. And I mean, I've I've heard people ask you and then they've asked me, particularly, you know, 
stay-at-home moms yeah. that had done what you've done where you had this great vibrant career and then you know with kids coming into the situation kind of kind of assumed this role of you know stay-at-home mom right and uh then you transitioned back into the workforce and i think that was really compelling yeah for a lot of particularly women stay-at-home moms uh, so something that we talked about with carrie dills kind of reminds me of that um remember how we were talking about uh, I always have a plan, but that I also am okay with failing. I just like to fail really quick and then try something different. So I think that's one one component is I don't really have a fear of failure. I'm willing to put myself out there and try things. And when I see it's not going well, take a step back and then really quickly try something else. So th- that's one part. And then I think the second part is I had a partner that, really supported me, quote unquote, finding myself and exploring all of those different avenues and trying things and failing and trying other things and failing, or maybe not even totally failing, but just like not full on succeeding (laughs) would be the positive way of saying that. And then we also had made other choices in our life to be able to have um, someone help take care of the kids in the house. Right. So like, um, financially we, we were able to, and we had helped, uh, 20 hours a week so that I could go and explore things and try to find the work that meant something to me. So there's a couple of things that I feel like we needed to recognize that I had support in some ways. And then also live my life maybe a little bit differently than other people do. As far as being okay to fail. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, looking back, you were you weren't afraid to fail necessarily, but it wasn't necessarily a happy time. You were searching for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it was this walled off point of I'm not going back to this previous career where I have all my contacts and experience and expertise and these set skill sets, which, by the way, I've always said are called marketing <laughs> in the business world. But... Um, you know, it was a struggle because you, you know, you mentioned you uh, applied for jobs as, you know, like a development director at nonprofits. And no one wanted me. <laughs> I got interviews, but no one wanted me. The couple, um, oh, I should, we should clarify that. I think the okay. couple ones you actually <laughs> did, like maybe two. Right. Um, either probably weren't going to be a good fit anyway, though. But, it, yeah. but the sample size was small, I guess. You know, that's true. I mean, I, I applied for a handful of nonprofit gigs because I did also have my own requirements right. um, of, of organizations I wanted to work with. And I think just like in politics and candidates, I don't think you some I should say some consultants won't just work with anybody. You work with candidates that you believe in or elected officials that are running for reelection that you believe in because you put so much time and energy and effort into them and their success. And I think working with nonprofits is the same. Like if you work for a nonprofit, you are essentially just to generalize it saying, I am going to put a whole lot of effort into this for the, uh, for good other than myself. Right. And so you want it to be the right fit. Sure. Okay, but back to this whole, your, <laughs> I was going to say wrap it up, Leo. Oh, my gosh. That's our okay. little shorthand for Sorry. Uh, uh, you're going off on a tangent. So if we say wrap it up, Okay, Leo. bring me back, bring me back. But 
Um, <laughs> yes, you could be picky. You were in that stage of life to yeah. be picky, but it wasn't. It wasn't easy for me as your husband and partner to see you struggle. You know, a little bit, particularly in that time. So you were trying to roll out this course to kind of see if you could make some money. You know, mm-hmm. productizing your expertise. Right. You were applying for some jobs. Yes. Um, You're right, though. I didn't feel... Now I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. I'm back on track. I didn't feel that I had any, like, marketable skills. And, like, to flash forward, you said, it's called marketing. What do I do now? I actually do marketing, which, as it turns out, I had been doing for the last, you know, 15-ish years. Building relationships (laughs) with people. Um, selling maybe not an issue or a campaign, but selling a product, mm-hmm. you know, in, in those sense. But, but I think this is important that, that in the conversation, and I'm, I'm not a, a female, I'm not a, I've not been a stay at home mom or dad. Um, but I think that gap that I saw you really struggle with was how do I take what you felt like was maybe some dust on those skills too, because you had been caring for kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, and, and translate that into a whole different industry. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, like, even thinking back on it now, I'm getting anxiety. Because you're right. I, I didn't think I could. I did not think it was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of self-doubt. Um, and I wasn't sure where I could go. Yeah. Which is really tough from my perspective as your husband who wants to support and encourage you and go, uh, you're awesome. Um, <laughs> you can do all, anything you want to. Um, but that was a struggle, a season of struggle I saw for you because it really hurt seeing you really struggling and trying to, you know, make you go of it. Cause it probably would have been a little easier to default back and go, I'm going to go hop on a campaign or get some yeah. clients and, you know, than to go, I'm reinventing my whole career in in a sense. Even though we, we now know and believe that all the skills you used in your previous career are now being utilized in full force of the current one and the one we're going to talk about in, the, in a second. But um, that was that was a struggle time to kind of, you know, that I think a lot of people can resonate with. Yeah. And as kind as you are saying those things now, I remember you telling me then, but in my head, I'm like, well, he's paid to say that. He has to say those nice <laughs> things about me. Like, you know, um, but I think in general, I'm a pretty confident person. I do this very much like fake it till you make it mentality. So I have friends who always are like, Lindsay, you're so confident. I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> like if you knew what I was saying inside my head, you might disagree, but I do like give off that air of confidence. By the way, this um, is something I'm trying to learn from you a little bit more is uh, to own it just a little bit more. I'm really good at faking it until <laughs> you make it. You know, like that whole thing. Like I'm so good at that. Like just present yourself in this way. Um, and maybe other people will think of you like that. Maybe it comes from having a parent that's a narcissist that kind of helps feed that mentality. But anyway, as I have lots of practice. Um, okay. So there's this season of struggle, the anxiety, like I could feel it too in your face seeing you. Um, 
and it it wasn't fun because it's like the season of uncertainty and unknown, and it felt like a path where you didn't think there's a lot of open doors to you. Yeah. And so then you started putting a couple of uh, pings out mm-hmm. to friends. Yeah, I thought I would do project management. I was like, oh gosh, I can do that with my eyes closed um, or you know, two hands behind my back. Like I could, I can totally project manage um, something. And so I thought that would be my like foreway, if you will, into the corporate world. And went okay. Let me. So I put a resume together put um, a cover letter together and sent it out to some people and said, hey, does anybody know of a project management gig? Because I'm looking for this and I think that'll work. And, and that's the other thing with the nonprofits here in Oklahoma is I didn't think our, our life would handle me having to go into an office every day um, because we did, like, we traveled so much with iThemes that I didn't want that to get taken away. Some of that freedom, like all of us that don't have two weeks of vacation, like I don't, I, you've spoiled me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have to live that life anymore. And so that was one of the other drawbacks. So, and okay, if I can find a remote gig and people in WordPress, maybe they know me, maybe they know that I'm not just, not just Corey Miller's wife. Maybe I also have some skills. And so, um, I'm mainly focused on our WordPress community friends and, um, some local business leaders that we know through mostly entrepreneurship organization and just saying, Hey, do you guys know of anything? And obviously you got a gig. But I did. I got a gig. Yeah. You know, looking at it for me was you, that you're celebrating your two year anniversary. With, yeah. So that's the bow to that story. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it, I bet it, I, I'm assuming it must've felt good that, you know, when you did have those conversations with those sets of friends mm-hmm. and people that we mm-hmm. knew, that was pretty validating. I was thinking of our friend John. Uh, he, I, yeah, that was a, such a good conversation talking to John. Um, I felt really important that day walking into his office and talking about opportunities and, um, yeah, it was, it was very validating. It felt very good, but it took, it took talking to people who already knew us and knew me for it to feel good. Like, the applications to organizations who had no clue who I was, that didn't feel good because they're like, oh, look at your resume. You you really have nothing here, you know? Um, you know, seven years ago, you worked for attorney general, like, that, and that's all you have, you know? Or this, this, that, and the other. And for the most part, partisan politics. I worked for one side. Um, so that, that didn't paint an awesome story. Okay, so there's a couple of things that really stand out just from that segment, and we need to go on to the future now. Okay, okay, okay. So first is transferable skills that, you mm-hmm. know, you clump those things together, and I, I was like, you'd be an incredible project manager because mm-hmm. you know how to get things done. Yeah. That's what you did with campaigns and candidates and your previous business and all that. Is like mm-hmm. you just got things done, and for me it felt like that was the label, a title, you know, yeah. that you could at least apply for and try to equate the transferable skills. So that's the first one. Mm-hmm. The second is, I mean, just hearing your story, it feels like, you know, making sure you're keeping in touch with people at least, you know, I mean, yeah. cause you had, we had these sets of people that we could at least say, you know, you've been around Lindsay enough to know she's a pretty serious person. She's talented. And, 
you know, do you think there would be some, do you know of something out there? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's something probably anybody can do as you try to wait is to continue to cultivate the context because that's how ultimately you landed the gig you're in now. Yeah. So number one, transferable skills is like my middle name. I mean, it really is. And that's why I tell other people. So we have a friend who is a blackjack dealer right now, right? And she wants to do something different. And so it's like, you have so many transferable skills. Like you, you are so much more than just what the title says. Like you have so many skills that can be um, transferred to other professions. Um, but so my degree, and you know this, but um, for everybody else, my degree is in history. So I have, a, I have a history degree. So I went in on a lot of job interviews as a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, and they're going, well, what does a degree in history do to prepare you for this, you know? And I'd go, oh, well, you have to read a lot and you have to write a lot, but you read a lot, but you don't always want to say everything you read. You have to figure out what's important and know how to take a ton of information and boil it down to the main points and then you know, relay that to your reader and to your audience. And they go, oh yeah, so you can totally do this job. I'm like, absolutely, I can do this job. And because (laughs) of my degree in history, I'm better equipped than a communications manager who's never taken a lot of information and disseminated it down. Like, right, that's a transferable skill. So, so 20, 20 something year old Lindsay even owned it even bigger than. Oh, I was so much more something. full of it then than <laughs> I am now. Um, now I actually actually have skills. Back then, I was just had a lot of words. Um, so yeah, that's number one. And number two, you're right. Like something that other people can do when they're um, trying to switch their own career and transition out is sometimes you just have to have a quote unquote sponsor. You have people mm-hmm. on your side and someone who does know you from another part of life that can say, yes, this person can do it. Um, and I think there are a lot of other people who have taken time off to be at stay at home moms, part- you know, particularly cause that's my situation and say, oh, I just don't, I, I'm really good at cutting carrots and thinking of creative ways for everyone to pick up their toys, but like I'd have nothing else. And you would be surprised how many people would be on your side mm-hmm. and sponsor you and help you and, you know, give you the steps that you need to find that success. Especially like you did. They wouldn't have probably approached you, but you made your intention known. Like, hey, I want to go back to work. And this mm-hmm. is what I did in the past, if you don't recall. And, you know, you think you know of anything that's out there? Absolutely. And there's a third step to this, too, that I want to be clear about is I also didn't get my feelings hurt if people didn't respond, right? Like I sent that out to people who were like close friends and went, if there isn't anything or you don't think it's a good fit, that's okay. We can pretend I never sent this email. And I did, you know, like, and I would never bring it up because it didn't hurt my feelings. And so I think that's part of it, like is making the decision to do it deciding what it is and then being open to like, I thought I wanted to do project management. I ended up doing partner management, which I'd never heard of. I did not know that was a job surprise. And now ultimately I'm doing marketing. So like I was really open to hearing possibilities. Um, and then also didn't get my feelings hurt and kept my relationships, you know, intact. 
all all of that's good stuff. There was one thing I f- we forgot to even talk about, but I just yeah. want to mention it. So you did that talk. You did a keynote talk at WordCamp DFW. I did, yeah. And it's also, that talk was like a reflection of that season and time too, because you used the your Twitter handle <laughs> and changing as, a re- that's a really good reflection of the season of time, I think. Wow, thank you. I, I was definitely handed that idea. Um, can you can you share though like the three the real quick synopsis of those Twitter handles how that changed like yeah it was Politico Lindsay yeah well it was <clears throat> excuse me first it was just Lindsay Miller I think I used to be Lindsay Miller with a weird underscore on the back yeah or something. yeah with a weird underscore and then I was Politico Lindsay and then I went to Lindsay Miller WP but that doesn't even tell the story of the other Twitter handles we started or I started um, at Little Miss Catering. Um, at Clickstart Creative, at like all the different ideas that I would have and go off on. So there's been a, a lot of um, iterations of Lindsay Miller. So, okay, <laughs> I think that's probably a good place to wind down. So we've gone, kind of gone along. We have another segment. We'll just record that here in a second. But um, I think those are some really good takeaways for people is, you know, for me, what I heard was it sometimes just takes time, which sucks, especially when you're as impatient as you and I are. Yeah. Um, all these <laughs> are, by the way, good lessons for me in my current endeavor. But, you know, now looking back on it and, of course, being your partner next to you, but mm-hmm. you were the one going through it was, I mean, taking time and doing a couple of things to try to figure it out and say, OK, this is what my career looks like. Now, look, a couple of years later. Yeah. It's totally different. I want to like hammer home something else too, which is that fear of failure thing. Who are we talking to? Who was the guy at OU at the Innovation Center? Tom. Tom. He said one of the things that they're trying to do is to teach entrepreneurial communities that failure isn't a bad thing. And I think, I think to a certain extent, a lot of people are like are ingrained with that. Right. Like you, as a kid, you try to climb a tree and it doesn't work. Like, do you keep trying to climb the tree or do you just stop climbing the tree? And I would probably have been the kid that'd be like, okay, tree, I'm going to own you. Like, I'm going to keep trying this and I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to find another tree that I can climb. Right. Like I would do it. Eventually, you know what I did for the tree? Actually, now that I think about it, there was a fence next to it. And so I finally just started climbing the fence. And then I could get to the branches that made it easier to climb. It's such a Lillian thing. <laughs> it's a Lillian thing. But I think that is an important thing. If I could just say, like, one one piece to impart on anybody who's listening is, like, don't be afraid to fail. Like, don't be embarrassed by failure. Because it helps you figure out the path that you actually need to be on. So it's okay to be told no. It's okay to have obstacles and figure out a different way because it's going to make it all better in the end. Are you going to start seeing Garth Brooks unanswered prayers? No, (laughs) I'm not actually. (laughs) But now we have our outro music. But I think it's still, you know, it's a a journey, right? Um, And But having that mindset and not taking it personally, I think are good things. And you're kind of leading to the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset, you know? Oh, you're intellectualizing. Good job. That's a good way to end it then. (laughs) Now, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Is there a book? Carol Dweck. Dweck? Dweck. I'm not going to spell it on the podcast. I'll put it in the notes. Okay, good. 
right. But, Thank uh, you. Okay, so we have, you want to tell them about where they can find the podcast and how they should rate it on iTunes? Yes. So we have the domain, thisridiculouslife.com. And please find us on iTunes and give us a rating. Um, hopefully a good one, hopefully a good rating. Um, and, um, that'll help other people be able to find us. Okay. Thanks everybody.